All right, welcome to another episode of Digital Builder. I am your host, Eric Thomas, and we are live at Autodesk University from the Expo Hall. We've got people drinking beverages and hanging out and just kind of wrapping up day one. I am joined by Khalil Shafil, Deputy Director from Bowstead, and William Lowe, also a sales manager from Autodesk. And we are here to talk about some projects in Asia Pacific. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to hear from you and a little bit more about what's happening over in APAC. Hey, thank you, Eric. I'm humbled to be here, flying all the way from Singapore. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, you guys made quite a trip to get all the way here from uh, <laughs> from APAC. No joke, 18 hours. I, I, think, uh, I think you have the longest trip of all the guests that we've had on the show so far during AU. So I'm excited that you're here um, and have a bunch of questions for you and getting a little bit more details about what's happening in APAC, what the construction landscape is like. So to kick us off, Khalil, I've got a question for you. Could you tell me a little bit more about the state of digital adoption in the area that you're in right now? Thank you, Eric, for the invitation. In terms of adoption in the region, specifically for us, Bowstep Project as an organization, definitely Singapore. Today, we have progressed so much. I think, again, as compared to five to ten years ago, we develop and we collaborate much more today in terms of the digital adoption. And our presence even in places and countries like Vietnam, Malaysia, we see a lot of interest in not only within the organization, but externally as the ecosystem. They see a lot of value in terms of the adoption of digitalization. But at the same time, of course, there are still challenges that is ongoing. Moving forward, since we are going into endemic phases, I think we have gone through a hard time two, three years ago because of COVID-19. And I think we'll touch a bit more later on that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting to hear that all the different regions have had a similar state of forced digital adoption due to the nature of everything that had been happening over the last few years. And now we're really in a great opportunity to start building on that and seeing you know, how digitized we can actually get all these different organizations, especially for companies that might not have gotten so far along compared to you know, some of the other bigger organizations that we have an opportunity to work with. So what are the blockers right now? Like When you step back and look at the projects you're working on in the different countries that your company touches, what's holding people back from actually really truly adopting digital workflows? I'll take this question first. Again, two of the blockers first, we are talking about cost. This is always a traditional barrier in terms of our digital adoption. Second, we are looking at a skilled workforce. So when we talk about adoption, we talk about change management, there needs to be in tandem in terms of the reskilling and upskilling of the workforce. As I said, these are the two key barriers. Beyond that, I would say that people are now much more receptive to digital adoption. And the key challenge here is how to scale this adoption, right? I would want to use the word democratization across our internal business unit. It's not just the operational guys. We are also talking about even our HR department. How can they adopt and streamline some of our digital platform and making sure that everybody stays productive in within the organization and also being Singapore at the center and the HQ of our organization, how then we bring this skill set and knowledge transfer to the other regional office that we have, such as Vietnam and Malaysia. That's the situation right now that we are having. 
And it's, it's a really similar situation that we're seeing in, in a lot of different regions as well, where now we started laying the roots for digital technology, and now it's more of a conversation of who now has access that didn't before? Like, what sort of choices are we making about adopting technology, and how can we scale that? And you alluded to this a minute ago with regards to how the pandemic has transformed that. Can you tell me a little bit more about the, the early days as far as how the digital adoption was going? Yeah, maybe perhaps I just want to put in context. I think I love to joke about this. You know, Mr. COVID-19 has always been our chief transformation officer. <laughs> yeah, it's true, though. It's, it's, it's a silver lining, lining in a really difficult situation. That's right. So I think before that, we talked alone about doing a virtual collaboration, right? Doing things on cloud. People are a bit more resistant. And when the pandemic hits, COVID-19, and even today, we are living in uncertain times. Today, we, we talk about a supply chain disruption, labor crunch. So people know that we can't do what we have been doing five or 10 years ago, and even before COVID. So definitely, we see a lot of value there coming in terms of digitalization and the adoption. For example, again, there's a much more virtual collaboration taking on today. Again, across the value chain, the ecosystem, not only within our internal organization, even having with our client today across different geographical location, we feel that this will give a value add, not only to us as a company, but also to the client, being able to communicate, collaborate, coordinate across different geographical location just by doing digital collaboration. Then we talk about the sharing of data or files on cloud, right? So now you have access to all this data on cloud anytime, anywhere. And that's where we are changing some of the work culture, even in Singapore, where people are ready to be able to work anytime, anywhere at the same time, and uh, they are empowered with all this data and making decisions on the fly. I think that's the value also to the organization today. And Thanks. you're spot on in, in that, that empowerment is a big part of the conversation and just access to data. I remember very well when I was still working for different GCs, you're going down the rabbit hole of nested folders to try to find a spreadsheet. And then you open that folder and there's V1, V2, V2 final and V3. And you're like, which of these documents is the one I should be drawing my information from? And, and nobody wins in that situation. And finally now we're at a state where the paper trail is no longer a paper trail. It's just access to that information and it's democratized and available in a way that empowers everybody to start making decisions based on data instead of just chasing information for the sake of it. And William, I'm interested, I know you talk to a whole lot of people over in, in the region. Is that sentiment similar from all the other organizations that you have the chance to speak to as far as bringing in data to the new state of construction technology today? Yeah, I think what holds the data is important. How do you get the data into a single platform? I think it's key. There's so much data running all over the place and there are so many silos that cause a lot of body folks. And with the way I see is that Boston is in a very good position to amplify this even with their ecosystem. How do they get the whole ecosystem to work more effectively? And making sure that data coming to a platform comes to a simple dashboard where they are able to understand where's the risk at and they are able to make more well-informed decisions. I see that there's huge opportunity. We, we've seen that there's a lot of 3D adoption, 4D adoption, 5D adoption. When you talk about 4D, scheduling, 5D, talking about cost estimating. But we notice that all these are not connected. 
So again, data plays an important part. We feel that we are in the right position to help the ecosystem, including Boss State. We work a long way back to get them on board, Revit, and then now they are coming on board Autodesk Construction Cloud, and we are very happy to be with them in this journey. And it says just a whole bunch about your company's data journey. And I'm interested to hear, so you're a progressive builder. You've adopted a lot of technology and done a lot of really cool stuff. How does that contrast to a lot of the other organizations in the region? Right. I think, again, maybe I fall back on our strategy. We have a very clear vision of what we want to do in terms of digital adoption. And one of the things that we avoid here today in our organization or Baustep project itself is we want to avoid what we call the shiny new toy syndrome. It's so, a thing. It, it really yeah, is. Yeah. It's tough. So if you see today, you heard a lot of big words. We talk about AI, artificial intelligence, and we hear a lot of machine learning. Definitely, these are words, big words for us to digest, to adopt technology that can help us. So we fall back on the user requirement and the user need. What kind of value it gives to the user, right? And we, we make sure that these adoption are not white elephants when we adopt a platform. So earlier on, I'd like to add to what William mentioned. The pinpoint that initially we had was in terms of the data collection. So for data collection to take place, we need a platform. So that's where some of these platform will come into place. Then next, we talk about data aggregation and also filtering some of this data, making sure that it can be used for analytics or even business reporting. And today, we also envision ourselves using this data, not just for machine learning or artificial intelligence, but just by simple visualization, data visualization. This helps our workforce together within the company to say that, look, let's remove some of this traditional paper-based process or manual process, and let's look at how we can use the data to do some reporting. And this helps to automate this process and streamline and make people much more productive. I think this really gives value to individuals and to the managers. So these are some of the actionable insights that we can take while we are collecting data and this gives the senior management much more transparency, a better, clearer value of what's going on in the company. And we set very clear KPI to achieve some of this in terms of data collection, data reporting. And I would say we are on track to become a data-driven decision company today. And that's such a huge change for the industry because it wasn't the case even, you know, two, three or four years ago before all of these abrupt changes that we've had. And I really like the point that you made about the shiny new toy syndrome because what's so interesting as we look back at construction technology's evolution over the last, let's say, 10 years is we had almost nothing. Like there, there wasn't anything for construction. We were using Excel, we were using Word, all these different platforms, they're not made for our industry. And so when the tech companies realized, gosh, there is a market here, and suddenly there was a million things coming out, it was very easy to go, I want that, I want that, I want that, and none of it connected. And now we're at a state where people are making intentional choices like your organization where you go, what technologies are adding value to my business? But more importantly, how do all of those companies or those platforms connect in a way where the data actually makes sense? Because when you have 17 different tools and none of them share data back and forth in a useful way, everything vanishes. Or you've got a guy in an office at 11 p.m. madly copying data from one tool to the other. It introduces so many opportunities for errors. And 
it's such a waste of somebody's time, especially when they're a valuable ad to their business and they should be doing something else. So, so many things come from that. Yep, yep, agree. And uh, to add on, I think to this is a very important point to say that the platform strategy is important, not only in the office, but it's also important on the field. Many times we found that the statistics have shown that 95.5% of the data that's really coordinated in the office is stuck in the office. Yep. They are not reaching site and at the end of the day, there's no data strategy to site. And the site people will be using old data, raw data, and that's where 280 billion of rework is happening worldwide. Yeah. In terms of our digitization, we talk about inspection in Singapore context. We do a lot of inspection on site and it's on the field. A lot of these are very paper-based, manual, and along the way we find that there's a cumbersome process. So with digitization of some of this inspection process, we are able to cut down in terms of the number of processes, right, from say five steps to one or two simple steps today with the use of mobile application. So this really helped to reduce and give greater transparency across not only within our organization, but also our ecosystem partner. There's a lot of accountability going on now because there's digital tracking, there's digital footprint. Things starts to get much more effective, efficient, rather than we spend our time arguing about who's, uh, you know, the blaming game start to yeah. come into play. I've, I've been in the room so for think, far too many of those conversations. <laughs> so I think uh, this is really happening on the ground. And I would say that this really gives value, especially on the inspection side, right? People tend to react much more positively to what they already see and to what they already know, rather than some of these unknown things, if you talk about conventional or traditional process. So kind of leaning into that traditional and conventional process, there are a lot of contractors out there that are still predominantly using paper. Like there, there are a lot of companies out there who have not digitized, they're still using Microsoft Word, they're still using those non-purpose-built tools. What advice would you have for those people knowing everything you both know now about the benefits to convince them to get started in that journey of adopting technology or at least just give it a fair shake. What would you say to somebody tomorrow who goes, oh, I'm still all paper plans and we really love emailing each other Excel sheets? My advice to them is start now, start today. Again, you know, the changing situation in sector also in our built environment is fast, it's very dynamic. And why I say they must start now, we are talking about talent. Beyond that, Today, with the existing manpower in the company, how do you retain them with some of this process? And the crazy thing about that is construction isn't this only dirty, uninteresting industry. There is so much cool technology. Like, if 100%. you have the chance to walk around and, and use some of these things and you get to show people this, they light up. It's like, oh gosh, I can go and I can use drones. I can use laser scanning. I mean, all we have to do is look up at the rest of this expo hall and you can see examples of all this excellent and exciting technology all over the place. And so I'm curious, that leads into my last question for today actually is what are each of your favorite technology trends right now? Like what are you seeing right now in the market that you just go, that is cool or interesting? I, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit about it. For us again, like I said, we have been collecting data a lot. Uh, we talk about how then we harness the full value of this data. Some of these things would be looking at how we can do some predictive analytics, prescriptive for our organization, that's one. Second, today, we also do a lot of reality capture, right? How then we use AI or machine learning to differentiate between what was built versus what was designed for. Traditionally, these processes are really very manual, labor-intensive, 
took us a lot of man hours to go down to site to see any variation or difference. But today with the use of LiDAR scanning, reality capture, and these are some of the trends that we're moving. Next is smart building, and that ties back to green and sustainability effort. I think in Singapore context today, the, the buzzword is sustainability, but technology is always the enabler for us to reach there. So things like Internet of Things, sensors, how do you then collect all this data and making sure they can augment your sustainability effort, green effort, and these are some of the trends that's moving. But again, moving forward, we would want to what I call earlier a shiny new toy syndrome. You gotta be so careful. That, yeah, yeah, we have to be careful. <laughs> we have to make sure that this really give value to the user and to the organization. And when we talk about sustainability as an organization, what are we looking at? For us today, we are looking at perhaps retrofitting some of our existing buildings that we own. And at the same time, on construction side, how we can be much more greener using less materials, green materials, recyclable. Then we talk about, you know, making sure that all these trends are not just marketing gimmicks, but really hardcore people doing actual things and using it to give them a value to either the process and also for the organization in general. Yep. Similarly to what Khalil mentioned, I think the value that we are putting forward is important. They want to see benefits of adopting digitalization. And I see that the Hong Kong authorities in housing and Singapore authorities are also putting forward digitalization of business processes that was not there. And I think now it's going beyond just BIM. It's going to how you're going to leverage on harmonizing data coming from approved BIM models. How you're going to translate into something usable. What good is data if this can't be used? So what we want is to really make sure that there will be a platform to support this vision. And we are here always to make sure that we are helping companies get on board the right platform so that we are able to work with the right champion, which is very important within that company, to convince the management who will be looking into the cost return on investment. So by doing that, we will generate, in a way, we will naturally help customers to retain their own stuff because we know that everybody has the same problem, the lack of resource. Yeah. And the new generation that comes in now has indicated they want iPads going to the market, they're going to the construction site so that they are able to work more effectively, not spending time on non-optimal activities. So at least they'll be motivated to really settle real problems happening on the ground and making sure that data is automated for them to make more well-informed decisions. Oh, and it's huge. Yeah. And, and what you're alluding to there, too, as far as bringing new people into the construction industry, yeah. if you're not a tech-forward company today, if there's somebody my age or younger, they are not going to want to come work for exactly. you at this point. Because you go, okay, you see this company over here is doing site scanning and laser scanning and all this exciting stuff, and they've got this platform that enables them to send their data around without chasing spreadsheets. And then you look at this other company and they go, here's a roll of blueprints and make sure you call me when you've got any Here questions. Go. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to compete with. Your retention levels, even if you get people in, are going to be really low because you're going to train them up on the baseline of what to do in construction and then they go on to green pastures. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. Maybe, uh, Eric, I would like to add one more trend that could be possibly in the next couple of years. We are talking about automation here on worksite. Right. In Singapore context, again, we face labor crunch. During the pandemic, it was really bad. And today, you know, previously you could have 100 workers at one time, but now no more. 
how then we automate some of this with perhaps some robotics and automation of some machineries. So this could be a trend that most organizations, general contractors, builders are moving towards. They want to manage their resources in a much more efficient way. And they understand they cannot rely on a previous way of doing things where it's very labor intensive. And the pipe for labor is also tightening. In, in Singapore context, or even in the region today, I would say even in places such as Malaysia and Vietnam, they can't get as much workers as they used to have. Yeah, it's it's a challenge I think every region is dealing with to some degree right now. So I think technology is a, is a great path to, to mitigating some of that. But that's the last question I have for both you gentlemen today. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Digital Builder. For everybody out there listening, we are live at the event right now. There's a ton of great content that you can get at the Autodesk University website, so make sure you check all of that out. And if you got any questions, you know where to find me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Eric, Thank for you, having Eric. us and myself. Thanks. Yeah, it's an absolute Thanks, pleasure. Thank you. Bye.